this isn't anything that just is limited to the United States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. Hi, everyone, and welcome to That UFO Podcast, the other show. We are on KGRA Digital Broadcasting. Dan, how are we today? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I am very good. And if you are watching this on the Friday that it's broadcast, and we hope you do check out the shows as they air on KGRA's Facebook channel or their YouTube channel, thank you to our colleagues and friends over at the Unidentified Celebrity Review for the show they have just done. If you're not listening to it after that, then disregard that because it doesn't really (laughs) matter. It happened weeks ago, but make sure you've also checked out their show as well. Dan, uh, it's your fault for this week's show. I mean, you came up with the idea for this week's <laughs> show. Uh, we were going to talk about um, a little bit about Bill Nelson's comments, which I think is a great place to start anyway. But uh, you mentioned there were a few other statements made over the last year or so that would be good to bring up and talk about. And we've just turned that into a whole show. So what we have for you folks are, starting from July 2020, are some senators and various different politicians or people within the political arena or formerly of the political arena, talking about UFOs, UAPs. Because it's something we see at the time, we we scroll past it on social media, we check out the live clip, and then we kind of move on and forget about it. And when you actually look at the list we've got in front of us, Dan, I've got July 2020, July 2020, November 2020, March 2021, May, 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 June, June, June. There's been a lot happening. And for people who say, oh, it's a slow news week or a slow news month, when you actually look at all the statements that have been made, there's been quite a lot, and this isn't everything by any means. So no. it was a pretty good idea on your behalf to do this. So well, well done, well done. Th- thank you. Um, it, it's one of those things that we, we all take these statements for granted, I think. Um, so I just thought it would be, at least after seeing Bill Nelson's comment, I went and kind of reviewed all these comments um, from the past year or so and just thought, wow, we've come a real long way. This would be good to, you know, recap and discuss. Absolutely. So what we're going to do is play the comments and we'll have a little chat about each of them afterwards. And we will, of course, finish up with Bill Nelson's recent comment, head head of NASA at the moment, making quite a big claim on, on UFOs. Well, I think so. I can't speak for everyone because some of you on social media and otherwise got in touch and shared your thoughts and some people didn't see too much in it. But let's get to that when we get there. So uh, the first clip we are going to play is from Senator Marco Rubio, and this was from July 2020. Uh, that is not Senator Marco Rubio. That is just a really unfortunate place to have stopped Jim DeFed's <laughs> Uh, interview. So we'll play this clip. All the clips, folks, are 30 seconds or a minute or so. So just uh, enjoy and we'll take you back in time. Dan? What did I do? uh, I'm not getting any audio there. No? Why are you not getting any audio, Dan? I don't know. Because I never clicked the button, did I? Share system There we go. Let's get back to Jim. Okay. Thanks very much. Now we're sharing system audio. You are all going to hear this. We (laughs) could have been proper professional and pros and edited that out. No, that's, that's just not Dan's style anymore. He doesn't do this. This This is the human struggle. I like, I like to let people see the process, you know? It is, yeah. Like, that's 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 such a lazy way of saying we can't be bothered. But here you go. Here is Jim the uh, Fed with Senator Marco Rubio. Release it publicly, and let's try to get some answers. 
Um, you know, look, here's the interesting thing for me about all this and the reason why I think it's an important topic, okay? And that is we have uh, things flying over our military bases and places where we're conducting military exercises and we don't know what it is and it isn't ours. So that's a legitimate question to ask. I would say that, um, uh, frankly, that if it's something of uh, outside, outside this planet, that might actually be better than the fact that we've seen some technological leap on behalf of the Chinese or the Russians or some other adversary that allows them to conduct this sort of activity. But the bottom line is, if there are things flying over your military bases and you don't know what they are because they're not yours and they exhibit potentially technologies that you don't have at your own disposal, that to me is a national security risk and one that we should be looking into. And so that's the premise I begin with. Let's clear this up. Who would be looking into this and they would be generating some sort of a publicly available report on, you're not using the phrase un unidentified flying objects, you have another euphemism for it, unidentified aerial phenomenon, which is not- yeah, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't come up with that. That's the one that the military uses internally um, and, and ultimately, you know, that, that's the one we use. And what we're saying, yeah, so the Office of Naval Intelligence, this is over, has impacted the Navy for the most part. I've seen reports on this now for the better part of a decade. Other countries have had similar reports. And so, the, but for our perspective is there is someone flying in the airspace that no one else is allowed to fly in. And we don't know who it is. And it isn't something we have. We need to know what that is. I mean, that that's in my mind. I mean, that's, I don't understand why we wouldn't want to know what it is. Maybe there's a completely sort of boring explanation for it. But we need to find out. Um, and, and, and so that's really what we're asking about. And we're asking them to make public as much as possible that information. None of that really fits into the mold of classified per se. All right. But what, so what's your gut? Are we alone in the universe or is there something else out there? I don't have a gut feeling about it because it's a phenomenon. It's unexplained. Um, you know, I, go, I just want to know what it is. And if we can't determine what it is, then that's a fact point we need to take into account. I wouldn't venture to so, Dan, a couple of things that jump out to me there is, one, him saying he does not have a gut feeling. That's an absolute lie. Of course, he would have a gut feeling. But the, the language used straight off the bat, it would be preferential at something from outside of this world because there's no ifs, buts, or maybes that you're talking aliens here. That's essentially what he gets right into, and he's not afraid to do that. Now, I don't doubt off the back of these briefings and what he's discussed with the people he's discussed it with, that's because they're more or less being told, we don't think these are from here. We think they are potentially non-human. Agree, disagree? What do you think? Well, from our knowledge of what the, the briefings that Eric Davis gave, I would I would agree that it is towards the side of they are non-human somethings. The, the public term for that that we've saw is basically this this other bucket from the UAPTF. So at the moment, you know, we're, we're, Senator Rubio is not quite addressing it directly, but, you know, he's leaving the question hanging in the air very purposefully here, I think. I think he does well, though, to the way we're looking at this argument, and we have discussed this many times, and, and folks watching or listening to this have their, their varying opinions, and people want senators congressmen and women anyone an authority to just come out and tell us what they know but i think he's doing the right thing and playing it baby steps that there is something that we need to investigate and it's almost appealing to to other mainstream media and science that 
why don't we want to know what this is? And if it's something yeah. prosaic and boring, then, well, I don't know how it could be given the technology that's on exib exhibit here. But he, he's making the point that why don't we want to know what this is? That's that's pretty pretty great. And I think it's a really good place to kind of leap off of. Let, let me just state as well, Dan, that we are showing various different politicians here. I have no care whether they are Democrats, Republican, or from any other political parties. I, I don't care about their politics. And I know other people do, and that's that's fair. But from us outside of the United States, we are looking at this purely as a totally bipartisan issue and uh, we have no political affiliations at all and we're just looking to to see the comments and take them at face value just for I, anyone who's like marco rubio hit him well you you know any anyone feeling that way hold your horses because we're about to jump to the other side of the aisle um this this timeline shows that this is absolutely a bipartisan issue and we'll try and talk about the legislation that kind of went hand in hand with these moments as we go um right now we're in the era of S3905. That was the first piece of legislation for, for uh, they didn't specify UAP. It was an anomalous aerial uh, phenomena, I think it was at that point. Um, so, that, so they were kind of dancing around it. But Senator Marco Rubio and Senator Mark Warner were the first two guys really to come out swinging on this issue and kind of set the bar and say, look, you know, like you said, this is a serious issue. There's a person from each side of the aisle screaming that this is relevant so uh so yeah let's let's have a listen to mark let me just ask you dan very quickly do you think that was deliberate that one week apart they made these comments from either side of the political fence well they're both involved in places that bill would have come from um mark Warner especially um so I mean, yeah, the, these these bills are written. These are the guys that get the briefings first. So, yeah, I, I think the, these guys were decided uh, that they were going to be the figureheads to start running with this. Cool. Let's head over to the Senator Mark Warner then and hear his comments at the time from July 2020. Well, I'm not going to get into any uh, details on classified information. I have uh, received a, a similar brief um, over a year ago, uh, I need to get an update as well. And you know, I'm concerned about anything that might threaten the health and well-being of you know, our pilots. Uh, we've got a lot of those pilots that fly out of Oceana, uh, that fly out of Hampton Roads. Uh, if there is anything that is um, uh, disturbing their flight patterns uh, or potentially a threat, um, I think it's appropriate that the Navy and the armed forces generally uh, take this into consideration. But uh, in terms of the specifics, um, you know, that remains classified. I'm the vice chairman of the Intelligence Committee. Obviously, I'm not going to talk about classified information, uh, but, but I think it's appropriate that the Pentagon keeps Senator Rubio and I and other members of the committee informed. Again, I've heard nothing about um, the status of the DNI report. Uh, and we'll just have to stay tuned. A again, I'm not going to, no matter how many times you ask, I'm not going to talk about things that are uh, classified. I am going to say, though, that um, the Pentagon ought to be doing everything it would be appropriate uh, to protect the safety and well-being of our planes and our pilots. 
Now that was very much the the tone. Not quite as exciting was it as as Marco Rubio's, but it's more of an acknowledgement that he's had one of those briefings. Interesting. It was a year since he'd had it. Um, not because it had been a year, but just that's that's quite a while. So there was no follow up since then. Uh, and that begs the question: Did he go seeking out the briefing? Was it something that was given to him? But he's he's clearly not had any chase up or follow up since. Um, I, I I'm guessing that is is very much changed at this point now. Anyway, uh, especially given this was almost a year before the task force report, so yeah. you would think there's been a few updates at least since then as well. Mark Warner, then, um, good to see him getting involved. Dan, what are your thoughts? Uh, sim- similar to Marco Rubio, like the these they're trailblazers. <laughs> not not many politicians are, are taking this issue on, and they they're doing it in a very you know, there's no jokes. There's no awkward humor. They they know the weight of the issue, that if something is breaching their airspace and can outclass the very best stuff that they have, there's a huge problem here and there it needs to be addressed. You can tell that both these guys really want to kind of throw the book at the the problem um, and get it solved. But as, as we saw, there, there was some resistance as, as all this was happening. Through the years, we have seen many former presidents give their opinion sometimes very fleetingly other times in a bit more detail like like bill clinton but uh former president obama was asked about this subject in november of last year on the late show with stephen colbert let's check out what uh, barack obama had to say at the time and he gets pressed a little bit on it but there are times where prying information out of uh the bowels of an agency uh can can be challenging ufos any ufos did you ask about that certainly asked about it and can't tell you. Sorry. Okay. All right. I'll take that as a yes. Because if there were none, Why you'd not? say there was none, right? <laughs> you just played your hand. I thought you were a poker player. You just won 100% showed your river card. Feel, feel free to think that. I do. I do. <laughs> That's so much. There, that makes it, me happy can, to think that you won't say, tell me about can UFOs. Can I say it used to be that UFOs was the, uh, and, and uh, what is it, Roswell was the biggest conspiracy? Yeah. And now that seems so tame. Right, right. The idea that right. uh, the government might have an yeah. alien spaceship—that's now, the, the-, con- now <laughs> the biggest conspiracy is people in Michigan vote. <laughs> Let's take another quick break. We'll be right back. Dan, that—that's a great clip. I, I hadn't quite realized how he was trying to normalize crash retrievals there uh, before. He's very like, oh, that's it's nothing. Don't don't think anything of it. And now a year down the line, we're kind of talking about these things as if they're very normalized, you know. I suppose yeah, I'll I'll have to play devil's advocate as a as an interviewer. Okay, that sure. one one way we can take it that he's he's dropping it in and drip feeding that little bit of info and just normalizing the language and the conversation. I think Graham Rendell on our interview mentioned getting that language into the lexicon. So it gets out into the wider public. Sure. Are we just reading into him joking about it, or do do you honestly think it's a more deliberate attempt to to have that conversation? Because let's be fair, Stephen Colbert is still being quite lighthearted and jokey. It's not exactly a hard hitting, serious. You know, former President Obama. You know, um, do you have this? And you know, are we investigating this? It's still said with a light-hearted you know laughing yeah 
Colbert is a a big UFO fan and he tends to ask a lot of his guests about UFOs with the same kind of childish glee that you just saw him ask Obama there. Uh, Obama's a very charismatic individual and and was clearly responding to that that tone that he was taking. But again, just just at this point, the fact that he's talking about this in a serious, or or, sorry, not, not serious, but just addressing and teasing this when we know now in hindsight what was going on behind closed doors i think is is very interesting yep i'll I'll give you that one then i think it's always very telling that we don't know to what level any former president you know former president trump talked about it on a couple of occasions president clinton talked about it i've never seen too many comments from from george bush senior or or otherwise on it to be honest but Obviously, the more modern day stuff for us is far more interesting. I mean, there have been former presidents who have talked about uniting the world under the guise of some potential alien invasion or or foreign entity. But yeah, you were going to say about one of the Bushes? I was just going to say that I don't think Bush could say phenomena. So I can't talk about anyone's accent. (laughs) So the next one we have is a clip from, and hold your hats here, folks, Fox News. Uh. It is the former director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, who has made a few interesting comments on the subject uh, in his time. So this one jumps forward a bit more to March 20th of 2021. And let's listen to this clip. Can you tell us, have unidentified flying objects been seen? Well, sure. We we have uh, lots of reports about what we call uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon. And this actually um, is a program that's been in place for a few years in terms of a task force that that has been uh, there under the National Defense Authorization Act. But as you correctly point out, Maria, there's now a report that will be issued by the by the Pentagon, uh, by the Secretary of Defense and the Director of National Intelligence. I actually wanted to get this information out and declassified before I left office. But we weren't able to get it down into an, uh, an unclassified format that we could talk about uh, quickly enough. But, but frankly, there are a lot more sightings than have been made public. Some of those have been declassified. When we talk about sightings, we're talking about objects that have been seen by Navy or Air Force pilots or have been picked up by satellite imagery that, um, frankly, um, engage in actions that are difficult to explain, that um, movements that... Uh, that are hard to replicate, that we don't have the technology for, or traveling at speeds that you know exceed the sound barrier without a, a sonic boom. So in short, um, things that we are observing that are difficult to explain. Um, and so uh, you know, there's actually quite a few of those, and I think that that information is being gathered and will, will be put out um, in a way that the American people can see. We always, when we, when we see these things, Maria, we always look for a, a, a plausible explanation. You know, weather can cause disturbances, visual disturbances. Sometimes we wonder whether or not our adversaries have technologies um, that are a little bit further down the road than we thought or that we realized. But there are instances where we don't have good explanations for some of the things that we've seen. And, um, you know, when that information becomes declassified, I'll be able to talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> can you tell us where it was seen? Actually, all over the world. There have been sightings all over the world. And and when we talk about sightings, the other thing I will tell you is um, it's not just a pilot or just uh, a satellite or some um, uh, intelligence collection. Usually we have multiple sensors that are picking up these things. 
And so, uh, you know, again, some of this are just their unexplained phenomenon. Um, and uh, there's actually quite a few more than have been made public. So I think it'll be healthy for uh, as much of this information to get out there as possible um, so that the American people can see some wow. of the things that, uh, that we've been dealing with. I Man, love that I she love that does clip. not know how to react. That's my favorite thing. And this, clearly, uh, this is my first note here. The, produce, the producer that will be in hurrier must be going, uh, uh, I, I don't know what to say. Um, just, just say wow. Like that there's no yeah. there's no follow-up they've got because this isn't just for that presenter on that channel. Worldwide, and when it's your friends or colleagues or people you speak to, I, I find this as well. When you have a serious conversation, stripping back the flying saucers, little green men, aliens from Mars, and just talk about the phenomenon itself and what people are seeing, they don't know how to react. Yeah. And that's, I, that's I a great agree. example of I think John Ratcliffe comes across really well in that clip the way he talks yeah. about the subject. He, he does. It, it's worth noting that kind of in, in the preceding few months, the, the first UAP bill was passed um, to get to work on producing a report. At this point, we, we know the report is coming. Uh, John Radcliffe has kind of seen the information going into it. He's no longer the guy in that position, but he was when we were getting those Trump comments about Roswell and things like that. So he clearly was privy to this information. Um, to, to a level where he's extremely comfortable discussing it in a very political tone. It's strange to me that we, we, we hear that language and we take it for granted now, because before this, we, we just had people, I mean, let's be honest, we had, we had Corey Good, right? And to go from that to John Radcliffe, the former director of national intelligence talking about it like this and blowing the reporter's mind just you know is that confirmation right there in that clip <laughs> can i be the grumpy scottish guy though and give you an issue i have with this or two issues one of Go them it. it's still that language of have ufos been seen and i think anyone watching or listening to this would hate that because it's not correct well, yes, they've been seen, but you're not asking me, have UFOs been seen? You're asking me, are we seeing something that's potentially non-human? But sure. it's that stigma still, isn't it? But yeah. the, fake, the fake footage being used, I get it's probably some staffer in the background and it happens on multiple news channels, but I hate the fact they don't go and vet some of these clips to get some really good ones. And they're using yeah. some of those that are from, if I'm correct, Dan, we had this discussion quite a while ago, one of the Apple apps that you can make a UFO video. And it's literally from yeah, that. That's right. Uh, UFO camera has a number of different effects. You can, if you just Google, uh, sorry, YouTube search for the signal, you can have a look on my channel. I've put them all on there, all the different effects so people can reference them and, and call them out very quickly. Um, but yeah, it's it slipped into the system there as a reported sighting. And there was the, the previous video to that as well was discovered to just be a, a contrail from a missile um, viewed from a strange angle, but it almost looks like a craft is coming through the clouds. Um, yeah. And it kind of speaks to the kind of mirages that people can see, you know, and, and this is why we have to be slow and steady. We can't just throw every single bit of footage into a database and go, cool, that's all the guaranteed UAP stuff. We, we need the AI to look at these things. We need discerning individuals to look at these things. And we need to approach it exactly like these guys are setting the bar to approach it. One of Lou Elizondo's interviews from earlier this year, uh, he was on Fox or CNN, one of those channels, and 
I had reached out to him for a comment on the footage being used, being played as he spoke, because it was the same sort of stuff where it was fake footage, known debunked hoax or CGI stuff. And he shared the same frustration that obviously he's not, he can't see it as it's playing. And it's just more than likely someone in the background, a researcher being told, go grab some UFO clips. They type UFO into YouTube or Twitter or wherever they get them from, and they play those on the news. So so there you go. And and um, those clips are the cleared ones as well. So they know that's why they're in their kind of news pick database. Yeah. But we all complained about it. And they've, you, you know, not saying that necessarily UFO Twitter that had a hand in getting rid of them, but they're not there anymore. So even that is a reflection of how the conversation has changed. You know, no cheesy fake clips in the background. We're, we're just seeing Nimitz and Gimbal. And like you said the other day, we it's genuinely hard to find stuff before that now on YouTube. Or at least I find that. No, definitely, definitely. Some of the stuff we were looking for recently, we've struggled to find that normally comes up straight away. And it's, yeah. again, it shows the popularity right now of the subject, for better or for worse. Um, let's head over to the White House Press Secretary, Jen Psaki. And this, again, was a question on uh, May 25th, so one month before the UAP report. And this was, again, journalists starting to get wind that the report would be due. Uh, we're aware of the report requirement, um, and our team at the Office of the Director of National Intelligence is, of course, actively working on that report. Um, and we take reports of incursions into our airspace by any aircraft, identified or unidentified, very seriously, and investigate each one. But uh, Odie and I would be working on that report, uh, and in terms of disclosure, that would be uh, up to them. All seriousness, though, can you characterize the president's concerns about this phenomenon? I mean, it is this concept of objects in U.S. airspace that are either origin from other nations or other entities. But what is the concern of the president that this phenomenon seems to occur in the national security apparatus? Well, I think, broadly speaking, the fact that uh, we have um, a team that's actively working on a report. Um, certainly the safety of our personnel. That's come off there. I'll stop that one anyway. But I think, to be fair, the question asked by the journalist would have been better directed towards Joe Biden. But again, you have to give the 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 props here to President Trump because it was his administration, rightly or wrongly, whatever you think of them, who who started these bills in motion back in December previously. So again, this was something that was already in the pipeline before the the Biden administration came in. And again, it's something that, as we see, is probably better being away from any political leanings anyway. Is is that fair? Yeah, I mean, there's been mutterings that the fact that Trump got rid of a lot of, of longtime civil servants uh, yep. that that's actually helped the cause because a lot of those people were the kind of, you know, the more religiously inclined folk. And and now we're kind of getting new fresh faces in from the new administration who can actually move this ball. I'll unmute myself. Almost done a Dan. Almost, Almost. done a Dan there. Yeah. Just, just managed to save myself <laughs> this, from the edge. This was the, the first time we've kind of heard this in modern day uh, spoken about in the White House press press room as well, that that was a big moment. I, I remember when it happened. We we weren't necessarily even sure if this report was going to materialize. We were all just you, you know we knew the language was there and we knew that it wasn't 
uh, signed into law, rather it was a, a requirement and they're not always uh, adhered to. So the fact that we had Avril, uh, sorry, Jen Psaki there uh, acknowledging it, I, I feel like Radcliffe, the previous DNA, DNI, may have been holding her feet to the fire by talking about it and saying that they set the work up for them to carry on. Yeah, and to be fair, the the props for this don't really go to Psaki because she has to just answer the questions and she does so in that very general and vague way that doesn't really give you any sort of answer. It's just an acknowledgement of the question in, in a roundabout way. Um, so yeah. fair play to the journalist and the journalists of the time who started asking those questions. That's something that's fell away considerably, but I suppose we're waiting on that next Tic Tac Gimbal video, something of that, or update on any of the potential... Uh, what was the 90-day rolling update or the 180-day updates? Any of those potentially are the bills to go through for us to start getting that momentum again. Yeah, that's right. Well, we play Senator Martin Heinrich's clip now. Um, as you can see, this was from TMZ, very reputable station, of course. So we'll, we'll play that. What do you think about all this UFO stuff going on right now? Uh, I think we need to get to the bottom of it. It's pretty intriguing. I don't know what it is, but anytime. You have uh, legitimate uh, pilots describing something that doesn't seem to conform to uh, uh, the, the laws of physics that govern aviation and is in U.S. airspace. I think it's something we need to get to the bottom of. Right, but you know, like they always say, the conspiracies that Roswell, there's a lot of alien bodies in there or anything. Like, I, you're, can you tell me the truth? You're, an, you're on the Intel committee. Is there anything in there? All I can say is I've never seen the bodies in Roswell. Bigger thing to worry about, if it's a foreign government or if it's aliens. Oh, option B, much bigger thing to you worry about. You think the aliens would be worse? Uh, we'll stop that one there anyway, Dan. I mean, the questions aren't the best here, are they? It's very, you know, whoa, bro, what do you think about Roswell? And apologies for anyone from my American accents, but <laughs> it's, it's again, it's not the tone we're looking for, is it? But it's the person who's answering and the status they have. And it, do you know what? It's, again, I think this plays into, and people can forget this, why the focus is on military sightings and what people have seen regarding, you know, the military and what Fravor and Dietrich and Graves and all those names we now know very well saw in their various different experiences. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, we, we've had now, you know, he just said, that they don't conform to the laws of physics. Uh, you, you know, we, we know he's been briefed. We, we know he's trying to get more information. Uh, he he teases about Roswell, so he's clearly aware of, of that event in American history um, and says that he's never seen the bodies. But it's interesting because there's a very different tone discussing that, you know, historical yeah. event than there is discussing pilots are endangered now off the coast of America and we need to do something about it. He, he flits between, uh, you know, jokey with Roswell and very po-faced uh, with, the, with the modern stuff. I mean, the follow-up to that should have been, you've not seen the bodies, but have you seen the craft? But yeah, it, for me, it's, it's one of those questions. It's a waste of time question. Sure. Because what are you going to get from that? Even if he has, which he probably hasn't, seen the bodies or seen the craft or a craft, he's not going to tell you. He's not going to give you an answer that you're going to deem acceptable. And that's always something that I appreciate that, 
you try when we do our interviews and we speak to anyone we speak to, no matter who they are, you want to give the best interview possible. So the person or persons listening or watching get as much as they can from it. You can't ask everything and you can't cover everything, but you try and cover sort of what you can. And there's just sometimes questions that, especially with people when it comes to Lou Elizondo, there's just no point in asking, is there? Because you're not going to get an answer that is going to give you any information that's relevant. And it just can waste sometimes two, three, four minutes of time that's relatively precious anyway. And especially when you're following someone down the street like that, what's the point in asking a politician a question where you literally have a couple of minutes, what can you get from them? There were certainly better things that could have been asked there. Yeah, they, they're just trying to get a headline there rather than have a genuine conversation. Like I said, very, very different tone to those first two clips with Warner and Rubio. Um, but still still impressive that the politician is talking about it with such a serious tone, despite what the TMZ reporter is doing. Now, that first uh, clip we played of uh, former President Obama was on November 30th, 2020. Let's skip to... May 2021, so I know we're a couple of weeks off of the UAP task force report, and I think, Dan, what you've just said, we see here, we see a slight tone shift in actually bringing forward, using on the front foot, the conversation of UFOs and UAPs in a way that I don't think the host themselves necessarily expecting, so let's bring in Obama... Barack, are you there? Yes, he is. He's in the studio with us live. <laughs> um, and we're going to play his comment. Here is, is that uh, there are, uh, there's footage and records of objects in the skies that we don't know exactly what they are. We can't explain uh, how they moved, their trajectory. Uh, they, they did not have... Um, an easily explainable pattern. And so, you know, I, th I think that we're, uh, people still take seriously trying to investigate and figure out what that is. President Obama. Oh, we jumped forward one there. So what are your thoughts then on uh, Obama that time and what he's saying? He's, he's a lot more relaxed, I think, now that he can open up a little bit. It was almost like last time he was he was biting his tongue and trying not to say the wrong thing. Yeah. And now people are a bit more accustomed to it. So he's basically, you know, just saying, these are real. These are just real. There's no other way around it. Do you think by this point he has had some sort of inclination as to what was going to be in the task force report and yes. the language that would be used? And at that point, he's comfortable in you know what, this is what I can say in a public conversation. And again, it's almost that encouragement of let's have that conversation, yet let's use the language, let's use the tone, and kind of crack on from there. Would that be fair? Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, Corden tries to joke and, you know, Obama resists it to take a moment to give anyone who's watching a, a mini UAP briefing. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe top journalistic host interviewer James Corden uh, was, was schooled by former president barack obama but there you go do you know what i, I just for the record um i i liked james Corden and gavin and stacy and then it stopped and the welsh did not oh did you not no did you not appreciate <laughs> that people should check out gavin and stacy if they've not seen it it's a pr pretty good show did, did you actually like any of it dan 
Gavin and Stacey, I've I've seen one Christmas special and I thought the accents were very much not reflective of the people of the town of Barry where I live. So I think you're just being precious. I think they're spot on. Um <laughs> you sound like you're from London anyway. Uh, but oh yeah, uh, people should check it out. It's it's quite funny. Um if not a reflection of where dance people are from. Uh so let's go from former President uh, Obama to current President Joe Biden. Um not always the most comfortable in answering questions and almost takes his head off at the end of this one as well, uh, walking away from the podium. But it's a, it's a response. It's a pretty short clip as well. So let's hear what uh, President Biden had to say. President Obama says that there is footage and uh, records of objects in the skies, these unidentified aerial phenomenon. And he says we don't know exactly what they are. What do you think? I would ask him again. Thank you. (laughs) Come on, boss, let's go. That was not as smooth as he thought it was going to go. I I think that could have been smoother for that response um yeah. and he just got flustered you you can almost see that that smile at the front when the journalist starts asking the question you can almost just see this oh no look on his face it's like raising your fist for the mic drop but on the way up the mic slips out the side of your hand and you go oh oh no so yep. it was but you know what is there anything to read into that it would be very easy to sit here and go whoa he's saying obama's lying and he doesn't know about you know this that and the next thing and you know should we be and or is it just a case of it he's just brushing off the question because he doesn't really have an interest in it it's it's probably a really good example of the kind of stuff that's been going on in government with this issue for a long time hey here's this important issue uh go talk to this guy about it i've got other stuff to worry about and the ball gets passed around and no one really solves anything I think this is Biden's way of just buying more time. And that that's it. Yeah, that's fair. Let's move on now. So we are moving up to June 5th, 2021. I, I should also note that that statement was made on my birthday. And uh, uh, it was the, I want to say, two-year anniversary of Chris Sherwood making a, a birthday statement for me saying that uh, ATIP did, in fact, investigate UFOs. Nice, and that, that was just Dan's way of getting in when his birthday is. Send yeah, him and give him tell your friends. nothing. Just, <laughs> just give the channel a subscribe. That's that's all Dan needs. And maybe maybe sign up for a YouTube membership as well. Dan would appreciate that. Um, what we've got here, folks, is of course a piece of famous footage, but this is playing over a package on the channel we're about to show. And again, this is for, with Martin Heinrich again. So pretty good clip here. Martin Heinrich says it's time to start listening to some of our U.S. Navy pilots taking the data that we have seen, the video that we've seen, and their testimony seriously is, um, is the, the, the right thing to do. The Pentagon's report on a number of unexplainable sightings will be released in weeks. Senator Heinrich hasn't seen it and isn't expecting a lot of answers. I think we just don't know what we're seeing. ABC News is reporting some of the movements could not be pulled off by a human pilot or a man-made aircraft, Heinrich backs up that theory. And certainly if you were a human being inside something that moved like some of these objects, you would not, uh, you would not be well. (laughs) You you wouldn't, uh, you probably couldn't survive the, the kind of movements that we've seen. These encounters are puzzling. Heinrich wants to change the conversation we're having about them. And I think what's important is for us as a government, if we're going to take these things seriously, is to stop 
um, trying to sweep it under the rug and and really do the science of figuring out you know what are these things that the pilots are seeing and that are showing up on radar etc you can really hear it in their voices too right when they're talking like they have no idea what they're looking and at the, the, you know there's there was a culture for a long time of you know just don't discuss it he says that stops soon with this report though he has a feeling when he does read it it'll just be the beginning of trying to really find out what's in these videos and and it certainly was wasn't it dan now what i find really interesting from this one and I, I think is really relevant as well as the comment or the language around the movements of these objects. Because again, if you're looking at one of these videos as a debunker or someone who's, who's pretty skeptical and as you should be, you're looking and going, are we seeing anything necessarily spectacular in terms of movement? It's just objects cruising along at various speeds. I think what he's talking about is this is someone who has seen the, the rest of these videos for example, the gimbal video, we're pretty certain that the next piece of that, as it slows down, as it tilts a little, because it does tilt, and then shoots off at a ridiculous speed. That's the sort of stuff that if you put that out to the public, that's a bit of a game changer in terms of the conversation. And that's why we don't see it, because it's it's enough to be to be vague in general and prompt a conversation. But I think that's what he's getting at. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. Um, there, there's something to be said here for walking people down this path slowly. You, you know, this issue belongs to everyone on this planet. And it's kind of a, a no man left behind type thing or no no human left behind type thing. I'll say it's slow and steady. It's explaining things in ways that people can understand. And we're very much not talking about you know, when we get to Bill Nelson, we'll see the tone shift again majorly. Right now, we're talking nuts and bolts. We're talking risk. We're talking wanting to keep Americans safe. And do you know what's really interesting to me as well is that I think they're building up a portfolio, not necessarily for people like us with an interest in the subject, but for journalists and for the general public and other media who come into this subject, say, in a couple of weeks' time, and or even, let's say, off the back of this Bill Nelson comment, now, someone seeing that might be like, wow, so this is finally being taken seriously. And you could approach someone like one of us or, you know, someone on UFO Twitter or Instagram or just one of these congressmen or women. And they could say, well, actually, we've been talking about this now for some time. And if they go onto YouTube and look at the playlist we have just made up for this show, they can actually look back and a journalist could look and go, wow, actually, I've got 15 or 20 comments here from high ranking high ranking politicians and and speakers and intellectuals all about this subject and i've missed it and it lets them catch up very quickly same with members of the public who might just be exploring this for the first time we we talked a few weeks ago about the demi lovato series or the jj abrams series someone watching that and going i'm going to do a little bit of digging into this myself all of a sudden finds news clip after news clip after news clip on youtube and various social medias with a lot of very recent discussion on the subject and it lets them catch up very quickly. And I suppose it takes away a lot of that shock of what have I been missing? It's just happening now. No, no, the conversation's actually been happening for quite a while. Yeah, absolutely. And and that kind of reflects what's happening behind closed doors. You know, we may not be privy to those conversations, but we know people are being brief. We know more and more people are asking to be briefed. This isn't going away. The, the people who think this is just... Okay you know, three or four individuals promoting a, a disinformation narrative or something like that. 
they they must think that all of these people are being paid millions to just say all these things on national TV. You know that it's it's a little out there to me. Well, we've got Tim Burchett now making a statement. So let's get to to Tim Burchett because again, he as it says, as people might be able to read at the top, UFOs aren't Russians. So again, some pretty strong language. You no, know, right now um, with President Biden when he's uh, going to speak to uh, Putin, that he's talking, he's going to ask him about the uh, UFO thing yeah. and stuff like that. I, I think that's ridiculous. If the Russians had UFO technology, I mean, they would own us right now. They used to say that. I've heard people talk about how the Nazis had it in the Second World War. If they did, they would have won. That is ridiculous. It has to be something that's that's out of our galaxy. It just has to be if, if, it, if it, in fact, is real. And Congressman, you, you, you have always been a straight shooter. It's been like, I, I know when um, it's been bipartisan, but the one thing I've noticed is... It doesn't, doesn't matter which president it is. Nobody ever talks yeah. about the... Uh, they always say they're going to do something about it, and then they get in office. And, and honestly, I thought Trump was going to do something. I was going to release the files. But, you know, they release these files. They're redacted. It's just a big blob of whiteout. And uh, it, clearly something's going on. We we talk about we're going to release it, and then we never do. Or we, re we release something that's so redacted that it's just ridiculous. The Air Force had a release of, of on Roswell, which was the big the big deal i think from 48 and the big cover up there and, and the guy that did it was a smart aleck and he kind of smirked the whole time and nobody took it serious they ought to take it serious american public wants to know and frankly we deserve to know you're a mute sir Good God, that's that's Finally. embarrassing. Dan, take a note. Forty-five minutes in to edit that one out, please. No, <laughs> I'll buy you a coffee. Um, sorry, my bad. That's that'll be a t-shirt one day, folks. You know, people roll their eyes at the merchandise stuff, but I'm on mute. Get your I'm on mute t-shirts for fifty bucks. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that language for me was again really strong. That you've got another politician like like Chris Mellon has said on many occasions these are not ours they're almost definitely not russian and they're almost definitely not chinese these are something else we've had that language and we're hearing it now from from other politicians what more do you think needs to be said for the conversation to move forward though from that dan well we need we we'd like the hard data or for people interested, public positions uh, where they can talk and interface with the public about what they're seeing. Um, we we like for those guys, those, those people, to get access to all the all the data so they can study it properly. And and I guess that's what we're the point we're at, at now. Um, it should be noticed that Tim Tim Burchett actually came onto the big phone home uh, to speak with Luis Jimenez and Mike Mataluni. Yep. Um And yeah, it, it was fantastic. He, he's a very very supportive ally of the of uap transparency and it, it's great to see him profess such frustration with the secrecy absolutely now dan the very reason we are doing this show is because of the clip we're about to play now bill nelson is a former senator and has had announced when um, actually not too long ago that he had previously been briefed on some of these these uap briefings that have gone on and it's something that he actively once kept in the loop with. And it seems to be a real shift in tone and policy from NASA. And it seems a really good thing that someone like Bill Nelson is now heading up NASA in terms of they are actively interested in UFOs, UAP, anomalous phenomena, 
things that may be coming here already from other planets, not that we have to go somewhere to find it. So that's a pretty interesting one for me. What I'll ask you, Dan, though, first off, is I've had some people say that they're only doing this now, NASA, because they need and want extra funding because they're they're really struggling in that in that term. Is that a fair there, comment? There are easier ways to get funding, much easier ways. Um, you, you know, they they're interfacing with SpaceX and various other private industry members. They, yeah. There's plenty of money going on there. It, it, I mean, it would be great to see NASA tackle this fully, but I think when when the department or the organization is formed that's going to take this issue forward. I don't think NASA is going to have a hand in it. They'll just be able to see the assessments from that place. Absolutely. Uh, let's play the clip now. Uh, this is Bill Nelson, as you can see at the or on a virtual interview with the University of Virginia Center for Politics. What What do you think we're doing on Mars? What do you think uh, we're looking for life? This is a part of NASA's mission. That's what this telescope uh, is going to be looking for. Are there other planets elsewhere that there is life? Now, I know what you've seen is what those Navy pilots saw in 2004, and there have been some 300 sightings since then. And I've talked to those pilots, and they know they saw something, and their radars locked onto it. And, and then all of a sudden it was here, on the surface, and then it's there. Uh, and they don't know what it is, and we don't know what it is. We hope it's not an adversary here on Earth that has that kind of technology. Uh, but it's something. And, uh, and so this is a mission that we're constantly looking. What, who is out there? Who are we? How did we get here? How did we become as we are? How did we develop? How did we civilize? And are those same conditions out there in a universe that has billions of other suns in billions of other galaxies? It's so large, I can't conceive it. Uh you anticipated one of the questions that I have here because it was suggested to me by many different people. They did want your comment on what you think the fighter pilot saw. I think most people saw that 60 Minutes uh, piece and there were a lot of newspaper uh, pieces about whether or not it was Russia or China or perhaps more likely uh, some extraterrestrial intelligent beings. Uh, what is your theory? What, you've heard a lot of options. Which one do you think is the most credible, if you can choose? Larry, I don't know the answer to that. But I do know this, that my personal opinion is that the universe is so big, and now there are even theories that there might be other universes. And if that's the case... Who am I to say that planet Earth is the only location of a life form that is civilized and organized like ours? But I'll tell you what that makes me think. I better be a better steward of what we have because uh, we're messing it up 
and we're messing it up just the way we're treating each other. Uh, and so I know what my mission is, to be a better steward of this planet and be a better citizen of planet Earth. But are there other planet Earths out there? I certainly think so, because the universe is so big. What What do you think? It's quite the statement, Dan, isn't it? And, and it is. Reduced and it, he says more and more and more that I don't think you expect him to say. And I genuinely, it's, it's all opinion, and I have to say that, because there were people online saying he says a whole lot of nothing. But you're looking at the guy who's in charge of NASA talking about not only other planets, but other universes. And he brings this stuff up himself. He's not being prompted to do it. Like the interviewer says, you've actually you've actually predicted one of my questions and started answering it already. So he's he's actively having the conversation for you. What stood out to you in this one, Dan, in the kind of final minutes we've got? So, I mean, multiple universes. Uh, the fact that he spoke about human origin questions and that happened within, I'd say, 24, 48 hours of Lou Elizondo addressing the same stuff on an interview on Theories of Everything with Kurt Uh mm -hmm. re Real interesting for me that it came up at the same time. Uh, Bill, Bill Nelson was, and I hope I get this name right, he was on the Armed Services Committee. So he'd been briefed a long time ago on this whole issue. So yeah. he's extremely comfortable with it. Um, and, and has been considering it for a long time. We, we've just found a planet outside of the Milky Way as well, the first one, or all yeah. the other ones we, were within the Milky Way. So again, you, you know, that came a few days after that, and I'm not saying that it was all planned, but it's just, it's rolling out in a real smooth way, right? I think, and that, let me put my, let me put on my let's go a bit out there hat. If you are in his position and you have any inclination that, there may be other entities and other planets. Do you have a better idea of where NASA should be aiming probes and shuttles and crafts and future missions? Because I think with NASA, you always get the idea that they're they're hopping around the planets in our solar system. And I suppose you would think people in the know might have a good idea that, do you know what? There's let, Let's just say I'm, I'm Lou Elizondo and I know almost everything, which she probably doesn't know as much as we're going to say here, but let's just put these hats on for a minute. And I say to you, Dan, you're going to head up NASA, but do you know what? Let's let's kind of stop looking at Jupiter, Uranus, Mars, Neptune, Saturn. There's nothing there. They're just planets. However, let's start looking over that way, or have we considered looking here? Do you think there's a potential in that? Well, this is what we're going to be doing. Uh in the next few months, I say we, I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to be excited when I see the photos. Uh, the James you, Webb you, you Telescope don't, you is don't going have up. Time. Yeah, you don't have um, time to do anything else. <laughs> the, the James Webb Telescope is going up, and that's going to look a lot of a, a lot of exoplanets and be able to see if there are signatures of life on them. Um, you, you know, we're going to be understanding that data for a long time. And just like we saw with the Venus results that we had not too long ago, that data had existed in other data piles for a long time. And it wasn't until we got the new data that we realized it was there in the old data. So I think we're, we're on the cusp of starting to see that there's there's a lot more potential for life out there. And it's kind of shifting the mindset, I think, of the, the whole human race to go from, you, you know, we're just here and we're just alone and it's just us to, wow, we, we really aren't alone. And you know, we're all just arguing over whether they visited us or not now. 
what part does NASA still have to play if it seems almost for a fact that these things are coming here from somewhere else? Because it almost seems a little bit defunct, doesn't it, to be be looking for signs of gases and various you know, life signatures in the atmospheres of other planets far, far away that right now we can't necessarily get to with our known technology when it looks like, do you know what, we have stuff coming from elsewhere or potentially already here in some way, shape or form. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're not wrong that that mission would kind of change for NASA. You know, it, it could potentially become a f- public facing uh, organization to talk about the phenomena. You, you know, it, it in 100 years, NASA could be looked at as just an organization that blazes the frontier of whatever, you know, the next frontier is, whether it's space or dimensions or whatever that is. Um, I just note that uh, Jen Psaki, Avi Loeb, um, Bill Nelson, um, and another gentleman, I can't remember the name of, David something, I think, but they're all doing an event on the 10th of uh, November. It is a yes. free event at the Washington National Cathedral, and they'll be talking about our future in space. And that's going to be extremely exciting to hear those uh, those four people up there talking seriously about this subject and, and what's to come. Absolutely. Dan, we're pretty much out of time. Do you want to finish yeah. up by just letting people know what you're up to right now or this week or anything you've got on you? you're working on many projects yeah so uh, at the moment i'm playing with some some resin stuff um kind of creating i, I mean it's a big mess i'll, I'll show people on <laughs> on twitter when these things are ready um but there's a there's a big big weekend ahead of us that that i'll i'll you know dip about but i'm sure we'll have more to share on that in the future Yes. Well, actually, we can just say that we are meeting face to face for the first time. And yes, we are almost almost 18 months. aren't we? I'm going to run at you in slow motion. I hope you know that. I hope you're a hugger. <laughs> COVID not allowed. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're meeting for the first time with some of our other colleagues as well, which I'm looking forward to, folks. Um, right now on the podcast, you can listen to our, our interview with George Knapp and Dr. Colm Kelleher on their uh, their new book, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. It was a really good conversation. It's available on the YouTube channel, but please consider, if you can, supporting on the YouTube channel because that money helps us get Dan a new MacBook at some point uh, that he's looking to get (laughs) to help us make these videos a whole lot quicker than it takes us to make them right now. But it's the price of a coffee, and you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, and you get some cool emojis and stuff like that as part of that as well. So check out the George Knapp and Colm Kelleher interview and a whole load of others on there as well. I won't announce yet because I'm still waiting on a few confirmations, the podcast coming up for next month, but we've got some good stuff in the pipeline as well. And uh, I look forward to kind of getting those out there. So Dan, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. And I'll, I'll see you soon. Yes. And thank you to everyone out there in KGRA land as well for hosting us as well. See you soon. That is all for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform. You can like, retweet and subscribe. That would all be very much appreciated. The shows are being uploaded onto YouTube as we speak more and more. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast to access shows ad free as well. Please get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that UFO podcast. Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, U-A-P-A-M. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see.